I know the fan. <laughs> Me too. I'm gonna like, oh, turn this shit off. Yeah. But it's hot, man. I'm big, dude. I sweat. <laughs> Fucking bald, and I sweat like an animal. I sweat peeling an orange, man. <laughs> <laughs> I sweat no, tying my shoes. Good. All that shit. Seventy degree. Anything above seventy degrees, and nah, I'm I'm done. So Texas is what? Austin is the wrong place to live, right? Well, oh man. Walter yeah, Brown, I. Feel, I, I I was cleaning the house yesterday, and I bent down to grab something. And after I bent down and grabbed it, I went, huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know one thing? Like, <laughs> Holy shit. Hey, that's the one thing about, um, like, I have my office on the second second floor, and then you have to go through some really, like, narrow stairs. And once I make it up there and I go talk to somebody, it helps that I'm wearing a mask because otherwise they would see me hyper <laughs> hyperventilating. <laughs> Oh, it's a mask. Blame it on the I'm mask. Like, <laughs> they just I'm see like the mask open. doing the balloon thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like open mouth breathing, <sighs> like Vader. But I don't know. I um. I, now that we're talking about that, I don't know if um. With, now that I have a mask or wear a mask, it doesn't make you guys more self conscious about your breath. Like it's a fuck me up. Like, <laughs> no, I think you got a problem, man. Like. Que onda, primos y primas, and welcome back to My Primo's Podcast. My name is Freddy, and with me tonight is My Primo and yours, el Chikume, el Siete. My Primo and yours, el Walter. Say what's up, Walter. Hello, buenas tardes. ¿Cómo están todos, niños y niñas, muchachos, viejas, cabrones, cabronas? But I guess we are back for we had took a little break last week. You guys heard uh, Javier on the show, and we teased it a little bit. Also tonight we have some special guests. We have Walter. How about you? Take two. Take two. Take two. Because we tried this before, but the the world we live in, the internet was on fire. But Walter, who do we have with us today? Five minutes. It's been a it's been a while. We've been trying to get them on. Uh, since last time we met them at the after party, after uh, Texas after Con. Comic Con, yeah. after Con, um, and I don't know, we've been, at least me, I've been trying, I've been trying to kind of like, hey, you know, whenever Freddy's down in Austin, let's get together, you know, get in the same room, record something, but um, it has, it, all of a sudden, COVID came, COVID kids showed up all of a sudden, right, and, yeah. well, not all of a sudden, we saw that motherfucker coming, we just didn't do anything about it, but... Uh, the powers that be, but anyways, uh, a year later, here we are. <laughs> it's uh, finally yeah. doing July, right? Yeah, so close to a year later. Yeah, we July. Have... Hey guys, uh, I'm excited to have you on. <laughs> well, guys, if yeah, yeah, if you guys introduce yourselves, if you could kind of uh, tell everybody what's up, and uh, we can kind of just dive in. Uh, sure. So my name's uh, Rolando Esquivel. I do uh, writing and edit for uh, Five Meets Comics. Um, course, uh, which consists of Mashbone and Grifty and Lemon Pepper Hugs, our two titles so far. Um, but yeah, that is my primary role with uh, with Five Meats, Oscar. And <clears throat> my name is Oscar G, and I'm here to say I like to draw comics <laughs> every day. <laughs> For Five Meats Comics. For Five Meats Comics. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, guys, uh, we're glad you're here today. Slash wrestler, wrestler. Don't don't forget that you always forget that wrestler slash wrestler. Yeah, that's true. Uh, independent comedy wrestler for Party World Wrestling. Uh, I know, but say it right. How do you say it? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's play. You 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 mold over that title. Independent yeah. comedy wrestler. <laughs> independent yeah. comedy wrestler. Uh, because um. I don't like doing anything unless it's funny. So like that it's got to be funny. So gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> cool. So while the other guys are uh, eating, you know, drinking those uh, creatine shakes and lifting weights, 
you know, I'm working on my rumbly tumbly and my jokes and trying to make me make people laugh in the ring. Cool, cool. Closing hand in hand with what you guys do too, you know, having fun, making people laugh. Yeah. And now we'll, we'll dive right in, of course. Just kind of remind everybody, we are on all social media at My Primo's Podcast. You can find us here week to week. Uh, of course, keep an eye out on all social media for any updates and just guests coming along too. You can just check these guys out at Five Meets. Uh, they're pretty much all over social media. If you just hit up at Five Meets Comics or Five Meets Comics, they come up. Uh, that way we can make sure to get them some views, some likes, some shares, all that, guys. You know, definitely. Get us some love. Some love out there. Yeah. But some RP, also, also, some also, also real quick before, before we get into it, I'd like to send a shout out to Reyes Coffee. Um, I, show, I sent you a picture, right, Stanley? Yeah. They literally me mandaron un pinche costal de café ahorita <laughs> for my parents because I don't drink coffee for shit, but my parents really do. So, you know, uh, uh, Reyes Coffee is está patrocinando my, my parents' mornings for the next. I don't know, three months probably with the amount of coffee that they sent. Reyes Coffee. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, coffee. <laughs> yeah, very good. Good coffee. Good for the Nicaragua, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good shit. Coffee from Nicaragua. So. Yeah, really Thank good. you, man. Reyes Coffee. Reyes Coffee. All right, guys. So we talked about it. Props. It's been a year later. Here we are. We got excited about you know talking, meeting up. I know you and Walter hung out in Austin. Rolando, you're in Brownsville, right? So we're yep. all remote. You know, we're kind of everybody's remote doing their thing. Then Corona hit. So we always start with that. How did Corona come in and impact you guys and what you're doing, your day to day, your work? Can you guys share a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So, um, so I also work in the call center environment. I'm actually a, I'm a trainer at a call center. So. Um, they started kind of letting people go in, in waves, uh, but as soon as the city said, like, hey, we're, or the county said, hey, we're going to shut everything down unless you're essential, um, I stayed home from that point on. Um, we got uh, the computer in uh, so I could work from home like a week and a half later or something like that, um, but been working from home ever ever since. So, I mean, it's, it's impacted the, the daily stuff because, you know, get used to seeing a bunch of people in the building and then going from that to not seeing anybody and, you know, not just not seeing anybody from work, but uh, less uh, interaction with family and stuff like that. So so definitely uh, definitely feeling the isolation. That's that's definitely been the, the, the big change uh, for me. Oscar, what about you, man? <clears throat> well, when, the, when it, the whole situation happened, it was very interesting because um, I went in on a Friday. I work at a video game company. Uh, I work on a, uh, MMOs. Uh, and everything we do is completely digital. So um, as soon as I got there, they were like, everybody get your stuff and leave. Uh, today is just go home day. Grab all your stuff, and we'll pick it up again Monday. And uh, pretty much without hit, without missing a beat, we, we all just started getting back to work. It was a little crazy at first, um, especially because uh, I only have my kids with me every other week, which means... One, every other week, I'm, like, completely alone in the house. And at, at first, it was a hard adjustment because that also happened recently. So these two things happening at the same time, it almost felt kind of like a, uh, like a Twilight Zone episode where all of a sudden, boom, I'm, like, completely alone. Uh, and you're just wandering the house. <laughs> What's it called? Yeah. William Shatner outside the window? <laughs> What's it Not called? Like that. Yeah. Not like that. Is it, oh no! What it what it what it was? It was like a monkey's paw, where it's uh-huh. like you know the yeah. no or, or like Twilight Zone where the guy was like oh yeah. I wish I wish I could just read my books all by myself. Remember that guy? Yeah. And then like he went in he went into the basement to get some like a a, bo- a jar of pickles or some shit, and then there was a bomb and everybody died. Yeah. And then he comes out and he's like, "Oh, I can finally read my books." And then he breaks his like glasses. He can't read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was it was kind of like that. So like every other week, I'm kind of wandering around like a like a like a guy in a um, in like a space shuttle, like all by myself. It's kind of weird. And then I always I always have to remind myself I could just like walk in the backyard and get some air. You could, but do we? You know what I mean? I did. You know, I, I did. I uh, Today, speaking of which, you know, same thing with like me. I work in a cost center environment, so I'm used to seeing, you know, shit, 12, 1,300 people in this huge facility. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, you know, as soon as things started trickling in where they're saying, hey, if you have a kid, 
daycare. Boom. I don't care. I need it. I'm going home. Send me home. I went home, took whatever time I could, and they called me mid at home. Hey, come pick up a computer. Come home. Do what you got to do. But, uh, yeah, like outside, man, today I was outside boxing with my kid. Like, I can't take him to the gym anymore. He was doing boxing and jujitsu and all that stuff. He's 10 years old. Uh, it was kind of cool. No, getting my ass kicked by my kid outside. I'm getting my ass kicked outside. I don't know about you guys, right? We're, so we're all guys here, obviously. But at what point did you think I could fuck up my dad? Like, at what point did you really think, like, I can punch this fuck old, you old man? I can fuck you up. Like, at what um, point? The only the only time I ever felt the only time I ever felt I could take my dad is when he got sick with cancer. Damn. And then I was like, oh shit, now I can take him down. Oh shit. But like <laughs> But that's like that's like um that's like cheating, you know? It's uh Yeah. Yeah. You wanna take him down on your Well, prime. you know <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think I think for me it was when I saw my, my younger brother who's like six years younger than me, uh hit my dad square in the nuts. And like folded oh. him over, I was like, I was like, right. He has a weakness. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I never even, it never even crossed my mind because he probably would have known yeah. that I was thinking of plotting against him. Um, but my younger brother was braver than me, I guess. So, uh, so yeah. No, like <laughs> my kid has a look in his eye. Like he has the gloves on. I'm telling him, all right, like, all right, come on, square up, get in there. He looks at me like one punch like one good punch and he'll trick me i'll be like all right man i have the mitts up and everything and i bought the mitts all right cool we'll do one two blah 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 and he doesn't even wait for me to like get ready he just starts launching punches at me i'm like hey chill I'm like hey i can hit back i can hit back so yeah, yeah. i think he's he's on the cusp of that he's, he's thinking he could take me but we'll yeah. really what about well you, Walter? You, you know you know my dad so Fuck no, bro. Still can't take your dad. <laughs> Hell no. My dad, uh, <laughs> Le el Carnicero, he, he was a military guy during the Civil War in El Salvador at the beginning of it. He joined the army at 14 years old and lied about it and said he was like 18 or something like that. Damn. 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 Been, you know, so... So yeah, it's like nah, hell no. I've never thought about that. <laughs> I mean, maybe in the next couple of in the next couple of months, maybe like. But, <laughs> hey man, but no, I can't say I have. Time. Throw some throw some marbles on the floor and yeah, might have a chance. Home alone, home alone. But yeah. you know, I want to know about you guys. I mean, we we pal around, have a good time. But I want to know about you guys. How you coming up together? Like, how'd you guys meet? Spark this romance that became the five meets and kind of led to where you are now. I mean, what, you guys known each other for a long time. How'd that start? The story behind the meets. Yeah, the five meets. yeah we've uh, known each other since the eighth grade. Um, it was middle school. It was a science class, I think. And uh, yeah. they, we, I think oh, it was a, a mutual friend. It was uh, this other guy that I had in another class. It was a friend of, of Oscar's. Uh, he's the one that kind of introduced us and immediately started laying into Oscar, started like trying to roast him. It was funny. Uh, but me and Oscar uh, became really good buddies. Uh, it was basically like bonding over um, like cartoons and wrestling pretty much. And then uh, I think the comics thing kind of came along with that, but that was a little bit later. But that was kind of the primary thing, definitely the wrestling thing. Um, then like 10th grade is when we, we uh, became like better friends, started talking more about the wrestling. Started actually talking about uh, being professional wrestlers and having a tag team and oh, stuff. Oh, nice. And yeah, and from, from that point on is kind of where the like the little uh, like projects started to kind of start. Um, so after that, we did backyard wrestling. We had a little ask, backyard wrestling. I was gonna ask man, the backyard wrestling dude. Like yeah, had a buddy yeah we... that did that. I had a buddy that did that so much. His parents were in on it. They're like, cool. We'll do it in the backyard. <laughs> we'll sell. We'll, we'll sell some fucking yuca frita right here. Some soda right here. Oh, you guys do this and this. Then it's all fun and games until like. Guy's forehead split open with a razor blade <laughs> because he wanted to Until just someone cut, gets hurt. cut a little bit. Oh. He's like, I just want to cut a little bit. <laughs> nope, went too far. Boo, boo, boo. Ambulance shows up and then oh, oh, no more backyard wrestling. Yeah, that sucks, man. No, our, ours, was pretty contained, man. <laughs> our, ours was pretty contained. Ours was pretty pretty contained. It was actually at my house and it was in my room. <laughs> And we would, yeah. uh, and we called it backyard wrestling, like but but, but it was we tried to protect ourselves. <laughs> we put like mattresses down, like we put like like yeah. uh, like three mattresses down. We put one against the wall because we had already broke it once. Yeah, um, but but we would, but basically all we were doing, basically what what that whole thing was, the whole purpose of that was just so me and Oscar could practice wrestling moves because eventually we did want to want to be wrestlers. Yeah. But uh, guys... actually, tell them. About, 
go like okay. to the route to like actually try to go into a school and like prepare for that? Well, Oscar, kinda. Uh, what happened was we went to a wrestling show in Brownsville, and we knew a kid from high school who turned out to be the promoter's son. Oh. And so okay. after the matches, after after the show, he invited us in the ring, and we started messing around in the ring. And uh, turns out the owner was like watching us the whole time. And so eventually the, the owner, which was the kid's dad, said, like, oh, if you guys want to do this, you can, you know, come practice and you guys will have a match in two months. It was, was it two months? No, it was in, like, the next week he wanted us to go at first. Oh, and we're like, hell no. It's like Saved by the Bell. It's like Zack Attack all over again. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. this happens. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because, well, the, and that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, the backyard wrestling was kind of just me and Oscar practicing moves. Because the routine that we did that caught his eye, it was like our opening routine whenever we had like a match against our, uh, each other and our backyard wrestling yeah. thing. It was that exact same routine, uh, collar elbow tie up, doing a you know a few flips here and there, thrown to the rope, shoulder block, you know, pretty standard stuff. And I mean, we'd already been practicing yeah, it for it like, a year like a and lot half, of, so he was like impressed. These guys just talk like yeah. a, like the I don't know, it just sounds like Cirque du Soleil, and I'm like, what? Like I wasn't doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Jacking off, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, we did that too. <laughs> Who doesn't? I was making deals. I was making deals during the Semana Santa that I wasn't going to jack off. Like, <laughs> like no, I, <laughs> that was the only negotiations being done. Yeah, my negotiations were. Right, right. Man, that's crazy, though. Like, how do you. Because as Latinos, I always like soccer, soccer, right? They're putting an equipo. And then the, you kind of, it is volante, delantero, portero, but like it kind of seems like out of left field, at least from how I grew up, like wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, Well, well, I grew up uh, watching it from a really young age, uh, Lucha Libre in Matamoros, because um, I was living there until I was like four or five in Matamoros at my grandparents' house. And uh, I'd watch Lucha with my grandfather. Then when I uh, moved over here to the States, back to the States with my dad, um, He's the one that started telling me about like uh, kind of like history and like old old feuds and stuff, because uh, his dad, my grandfather, used to take him to the Sportatorium in Dallas, um, and so he gave me like all that history. And so we'd watch WWF, and he'd give me history on those dudes. Um, so that's kind of how I got how I got into that. And I think Oscar, it was kind of the same thing with you, right? Like your dad got into that too. Yeah, my dad and his uh, my dad and his brother were huge wrestling fans growing up. I have a picture of my dad on my computer from the 70s, and he's reading uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Oh, wow. And um, Yeah, and so he was always into it, and then once I got a little, you know, like maybe like five or six, we just started watching wrestling all the time. Uh, my brother too, but more me, and, and that wrestling was like the, the number one thing that I always uh, bonded with my dad over. I mean, I used to, we used to skip church, because they had wrestling on Sunday mornings, and yeah. my mom, my mom would have so, to go to your other church. Yeah, church. Yeah, she'd get she'd get so annoyed about it, and like normally she would talk, she would get me to go. But then if there was a certain advertisement on the show, or like the the one specific one I met, I remember was uh, Gene Oakler saying, "Don't forget, at the end of the show, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is gonna talk about his upcoming match." I was like, "He's gonna talk, mom. I can't miss it." <laughs> I can't miss it. And she was so angry, and my dad was, wasn't was planning on going to church anyways. He's like, ah, I'm going to be here. You, you, right, now, right now, you even sounded like a little kid. He's going to talk, Mom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because Mom. Like, wrestlers are so cool. You love watching them wrestle, but, like, if they're going to talk, man, you want to so, hear. So your, your, parents, your parents, when they told you, and if they jump off a bridge, are you gonna do it too? Yeah, if they do a backflip, like I don't know what's like, <laughs> yeah, like what movement. Yeah, like. <laughs> if it looks cool and they win a title afterwards, I'm all about it. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, well, you, you know, mom, wrestlers are kind of doing that nowadays. So. Yeah. Um, uh, my no, dad, but it kind of, it kind of, it's it's pretty cool. Like, cause I, I grew up with two brothers and one sister, but my two younger brothers was like back to back, so I was nine, eight, and seven. You know, so. I can kind of understand that we would get in, we would like get into one room and we would just start fucking wrestling, like throwing <laughs> each other pillows and, yeah. and jumping off the corner, and then boom! All of a sudden, somebody hits their head on the wall and starts crying. Yep. 
You know, <laughs> so, what's so, crazy is... So that's pretty cool, man. I can kind of connect with that, like that whole feeling. I grew up with sisters, so I don't have any brothers. <laughs> they I'm the opposite. <laughs> All right, so, so you grew up on defense that, then. I grew up on defense. Strictly I got defense. scratched and beat, beat up. I remember a couple of good fist fights with my older sister. Uh, but wow. with me, oh, my dude, we went at it like she, whew, yeah, tough, tough woman. Uh, but I love, love them all to death. You know how that goes. But wrestling, I know the enough in the ether of pop culture and friends and all that about wrestling. And I give it its respect. I give it its pageantry, right? Because it's awesome. It's great when someone can produce a fucking universe and a story and characters and and we can buy into the experience, right? I wanted to like wrestling when I was a kid. But I liked after wrestling when WMAC Masters came on and it was like, oh, the martial arts version of WWF came on. And I'm like, Hakeem the Machine fights Tsunami and like all that <laughs> shit. Like I was enthralled in that. But yeah, wrestling is always cool. And now looking back and my kid and his, you know, he doesn't watch wrestling, but his friends do. And I'm kind of like, hey, go check it out. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Because my parents never, ever, our parents, Walter, I mean, we never had anything yeah, to connect to because they... It's like a grown you know? grown man in underwears. Nah, I don't think they're they like, do. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to see this this guy in calzoncillos rubbing yeah, his guy? All oiled like, up. Yeah, you know, all oiled up. Grown what, man. <laughs> where did you guys decide the little projects, like you said, right? Orlando, you say, oh, projects started coming in. Wrestling's a thing. So wrestling didn't pan out, right? It's some, did something happen or you just say, you know what? It's not for us. Like, what kind of happened after that? Um... Well, I um, we got into wrestling. We our first match was um, right after senior year of high school, like right right after we graduated. Or I'm sorry, no, right before we graduated, uh, was our right. first match. Um, I wrestled for about two or so years after that, on and off, because that summer I moved to Houston to go to college. Um, so I was kind of torn, like either stay in Brownsville and do the wrestling thing, try to follow the dream, or you know go go to school. Um, so I ended up going to school, <clears throat> uh, helping my brother out too with his business. Oscar stayed around in Brownsville uh, for about another year, right, Oscar? I think. And, yeah. Uh, and he wrestled here for a bit. Um, but after that, like for me, it just kind of it just kind of died away a little bit, um, just because I was working a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I was kind of career minded at that point. Um, I still, you know, still avid wrestling fan and everything. But as far as like actually doing it, it was kind of like in the, like way in the back of my mind. Um, but Oscar kept up with it really well. He's, he's, he, he kept up uh, up with it um, quite a bit, and you know I kept trying to get back into it, trying to get back in shape. But then it, it never panned out for me. But Oscar kind of has a, a different story to tell on that, though. Well, it yeah, it, it kind of sort of panned out. It's kind of like in retrospect, where <clears throat> as a kid you say I want to be a wrestler. As a kid, that means you want to be on TV and you want to be like the big. Yeah, you want to be the you know, muscle guy. The face you want to be. Happy so like, but yeah, but but now I look at it. It's like you know, I wrestle a couple couple times a year for the best wrestling company in Texas, in my opinion, the best fans. Uh, so like, I achieved that goal uh, with with in a way that didn't exist back then, you know. Uh, and I tried to get into wrestling schools. Uh, I got into one here in in Austin when I moved here, but like the backstage culture and you're you get on Twitter right now, you're gonna read a lot about it. It's it, a lot of things are getting exposed uh, now. I bet that like the back the backstage culture is just so toxic, toxic, misogynistic, racist, all the bad things uh, rolled into one, and I just didn't like it. Um, so I stayed with a company here for a little while. And then I ended up uh, taking one of the students to Brownsville to do a wrestling show with the guys who trained us. And that wrestling show was like night and day. It was just a ton of fun. The backstage atmosphere was totally different. It was, you know, it because the backstage atmosphere was like a bunch of old farts just talking <laughs> shit uh, about dude, they just get in the ring and they do. And the, the kid that I brought, he was like amazing. Like, wow, this is like totally different. This is really cool. And like, the promoter came up and asked us who's going to win our match. 
And he was shocked. He's like, wait, they're going to let us decide? Are you serious? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, because, like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're obviously they're probably going to care for the, the 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 guys at the top, you know. But like, we're just there to put on a show, man. Like, we don't have a storyline or a feud, and we're not pretending we're on TV, you know. It's just fun. So after that, when I came back to Austin, I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I didn't do it for eight years until this these wow. guys showed up. Party World Wrestling. That's and a hiatus. They, they're pretty. Yeah, and they were. A bunch of really funny guys who wanted to put on a very entertaining show, but none of them were wrestlers, and they, none of them knew how to be safe. So I got talked into training them. Oh, wow. And because wrestling is like the hardest drug I've ever taken, it's the hardest drug a lot of people have ever taken. I so easily you got, got talked that wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I went in there, and I took a couple balls. Well, you know, I took a couple of slams, and I slammed some people, and I ran the ropes. And it was it was way too easy to talk me back in to I being bet. to being a wrestler. I bet. Uh, yeah, that's, and that was uh, like seven years ago, I think, or wow. six years ago. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah. you guys, it's a trip, you know. Like when you start talking to people about, hey, you know, what did you want to do? Oh shit! In a way, you dabbled and you you got to what you wanted to do. Maybe not to the grandeur mm-hmm. that you thought you wanted, right? Like you said, right. like you thought you wanted the TV, the attention, and you go, you know what? Once you're there, it's like, what's that whole saying? Like, never meet your heroes, you know, because they, yeah. you know, you kind of always get a letdown. They're not going to be the, the personification you see. But right. that's a cool journey. That's a fucking dope journey that you guys got. And then, you know, I'm just curious to know what happened after that. So you guys decide what? Year or two later, let's do something. I mean, well, how did that even happen? Well, we, we always had things in our minds. We're always, you know, um, just hanging out and, and, and saying silly stuff to make each other laugh. And sometimes we'd say something funny enough to where we'd write it down. And it would just snowball into, like, little stories. And uh, we never actually, like, fully sat down at first and said, hey, let's actually, like, do something with all this stuff. Uh, but a couple, you know, years later, we eventually, like, had that conversation and we're like, let's do something. And we had like notebooks full of stuff. So it took a while to come up to have let a me, concrete uh, thing. And meanwhile, let me interject for a second. So I'm curious, right? So how I follow it, did you guys have this? I mean, wrestling is one thing, your boys are hanging out, giving each other a hard time. Like most guys do. Did you guys in like, were you guys artistic guys? Like, were you drawing? Were you writing? Was that something you were always doing in the meantime? Yeah. Um, uh, and and both things, uh, I I drew a lot when I was uh, when I was little, um, especially when I was little. I still doodle and stuff, but I drew a lot when I was a kid. I sucked, um, <laughs> but but I drew a lot. Like I I love drawing, um, but then I fell in love with writing, and and um, so the drawing thing, I wasn't too concerned with that. Um, as far as the writing thing for me, it was really I think about the fifth grade. Um, we had a storybook week, and we had to come up with a story. Uh, like we had to uh, get a fairy tale, put our own twist on it. Um, which is funny because I'm 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 watching a master class. Um, uh, I have that that app or whatever, yeah. and I'm reading uh, or I'm 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 going through Neil uh, Neil Gaiman's storytelling cl- yeah. Uh, class. Yeah, and he 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 gives that as like an exercise for creative writing, and I was like, holy crap! I did that in the fifth grade. I yeah. did it with a little red Riding Hood. Um, but I, as I was watching that master class, I was thinking that's really cool that this exercise that he's giving I already did. You know. Deal with Red Riding Hood, you know, put a spin on it. But then I remembered, wait, I lifted that story from like a Tex Avery cartoon or something. <laughs> um, so, so like the story, so I got the story, but you know, I had to write out, you know, the actual thing, you know. But I was kind of trying to remember what, what it was. So anyway, it was from the perspective of uh, of the big bad wolf, like he was supposed to be painting himself like he's a good guy and stuff, yeah. and like Riding Hood was was evil. Um, so anyway, so I got I got mad props from my teacher uh, because of that. And she kept encouraging the writing part, uh, so that's kind of where I where I liked the the writing aspect of it. During about the same time is when I also got into comic books, and so that's why I was trying to do the writing and the drawing thing, because I wanted to do my own book. Um, there was a couple a couple guys in class that were better at drawing than me, um, that was supposed to you know be my uh, be my partners in the comic thing. Yeah. But it never panned out. Um, I so I know that feeling. Yeah. Now. So. It's, yeah, and, and it's funny because fast forward, you know, years and years <laughs> later, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until like college that you know started looking into the comic book thing a little, a little more seriously with Oscar. 
But but that's where the where the creativity thing. That's where it started with me. Then in the eighth grade, with me and Oscar, uh, whenever we first started talking in that science class, I think that was when you had that folder, right, Oscar, that had all the the fake <coughs> names and stuff. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Oscar had this folder where he would just uh, write, like, logos for fake bands, and we would just come up with, like, the stupidest thing. For fake like, bands? <laughs> yeah, like, like one of them was, uh, what was it, uh, like, the Abdominal Snowman, and it was, like, uh, a Yeti. Oh, yeah, like, it was doing, like, like, a Yeti with the gaps. Yeah, and so it was, you know, stupid things yeah. like that, and it was, like, this whole, like, folder covered with, with a bunch of, like, little logos and that's stuff. That's a t-shirt, So man. that's kind of where... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of where, where that like that like stupidity with the creativity uh, came in, and um, and yeah, years later, you know, we just kind of kept going with it. But that's where it started with with us with that. Um, as far as wrestling, and I don't mean to go on a little too long here, but as far as the wrestling thing, like that kind of coincided with everything else. Um, as far as uh, you know, wrestling's always been a constant. So so along with wrestling, you know, there's, there's the other stuff that's that's kind of been in, in between there. Um, but yeah, man, storytelling has always been a thing for me. Like watching wrestling when I was a kid, um, playing with my GI Joes when I was a kid. Like that's the, the the big thrill for me. Playing with GI Joes was coming up with a story and then having this like five or six dudes like beat the crap out of all these bad guys, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where my obsession with storytelling came in. But mm -hmm. yeah, we've been working on stuff together for a while. No, I mean it's cool, but you just talk yeah. about you know what you guys have worked on. You know, you're, you're working on well, your your current. You're working on, or have worked on, pardon, because I'm fumbling my words here. Um, your your project, which is uh, Mashbone and Grifty, right? Your, your comic book. Like these characters are. First of all, I love them. They're hilarious. They're funny. Uh, Thank you. No, no, definitely. Like when I first bought your books, I was like, this is fucking great. You know, I can't wait till my kids old enough to read it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not no, for kids. Now that now that he wait, wait, now that he said that, what's the appropriate age to read to read your comic book? You th um, you that think? that is up to the parents. Because <laughs> I was it's thinking, up to the parents. I was I was thinking, I was thinking. My daughter is uh, ten months old, so she's not gonna remember any of it. So I can I can read it to her right now. It's <laughs> oh, not yeah, gonna know anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I'll probably read well, it. Pitch us. Uh, I'm, I've been I've been I've been going through all my comics. So I say I that because it's not for kids. But so pitch us on Mashbone and Grifty. What who who are yeah. Mashbone and Grifty? What is the book? Well, Matchpoint and Grifty is about two friends who um, haven't really done anything with their lives and they decide to finally do that. And they can only do it with the help of each other. One of them always wanted to be like this uh, uh, world-traveling, like Indiana Jones kind of guy, and the other guy wanted to be like this Jackie Chan, you know, super cop kind of guy. Um, so they ended up becoming private detectives, but... They didn't really put in a whole lot of thought into it. They just printed up some flyers and said, hey, we're private detectives. And they just um, they don't really want to leave the bar that they always hang out in, so they just hang out at the bar and, and put the address of the bar for their detective agency. And the problem, the thing that they run into is that <clears throat> it's a very cartoonish city where there's a lot of uh, bad guys and, and, and problems and the cops just aren't going to help. You know, that's... You know, not much fantasy, but yeah, the truth. Uh, so the, the the people flock start flocking to them for help, and these guys are weighing over their heads, and uh, hilarity ensues. Definitely, like I'll tell you this much: I dig them. I bought two of them. I think I'm so I'm gonna pick up the other two because there's total of four right now, correct? Yeah, it, there will be four uh, finalized in November. Yeah. Okay, November. November. There's we'll, three out right now. Three out right now. We'll talk on about November here in a second. But I want to, first of all, give you guys tons of props because every, like, time I go look for a book, you know, and I try to go to different conventions or whatnot, uh, a lot of the stuff is either I feel I'm way too old to, to understand the comedy or I'm way too young to understand the comedy. But this hits right at home for me. Like, I hit a boom, everything, all the jokes. I looked at it as, like, a, uh, like, lethal weapon, like, <laughs> lethal weapon, kind of like, uh, like, with, with Latinos and Encyclopedia Brown and Beavis and Butthead kind of all fucking mixed together, you know what I mean? Like, it's a conglomerate of shit that I understand that makes me laugh, and the situations are put in, it's like one of those fucking just random movies you put on you always laugh at, you know, so old, like, 
Sonny Chiba movie, you run in and he fights a fucking bear, like Karate Bear Fighter. <laughs> you know? Like, that's a real movie, guys, along with Velocipaster. Yeah. There yep. it is. But, yeah, <laughs> it's a blast. It's fun. And I found it on Amazon. Can you talk about that? I found an animated, yeah. animated version on Amazon. Talk about that. Uh, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Did somebody rip off our cartoon? <laughs> what? what? I hope you can sue them. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, actually, that's uh, that was my that was my thesis in in college. I went to oh, college art art school. <laughs> art college. Uh, we had to do we had to do a three minute we had to do a th- uh, uh, one minute short. And I ended up doing three minutes short. And then after college was over, I extended it into what's on Amazon, uh, which is like their origin story, where it's like nine minutes of them sitting around saying, let's, let's be private detectives. Um, so yeah, it, it was done a long time. It was done in what, 2004? Yeah, I think it was 2004. Pretty crude. It's aged pretty, pretty badly. Well, visually, I think the writing still holds the writing's up fairly good. well. Um, People press me, like, with anything, like, your writing is great. Both of you guys, you know, like, connecting with that is awesome. Uh, Like, the humor comes across really good. Rolando does a good job as Grifty, I must say. (laughs) I was going to ask, it's you guys' voices, right? Because you guys are doing the voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Mashbone was my Marty McFly impression. Okay, okay, go check it out on Amazon, Go check it out. It's a little bit of Marty McFly and a little bit of... I didn't know you guys had that on Amazon, I'm I'm going to look it up today, then. Shoot. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah, my, it's, uh, I got pri- my Grifty hey, voice. Let me use Prime for something. What was that? I said my Grifty no, I'm gonna voice was my for best something. me voice. That's your best yeah. me voice? Yeah. But, I pretty much did my voice. But so... Yeah, it's really cool because, like, if you, for every for every uh, 10,000 views, we get a quarter. Okay, guys. Let's get this guy some lunch. <laughs> Cool. I'll get there. you five cents. Yeah. I'll get you. I'll get you five cents. Dozens of views. Dozens and dozens. Tengo ropa que lavar. There you go, man. I get you. <laughs> yep. Calzones. But the humor of it is great. I dig it. It's. I feel like it's hard to write humor, right? Like people always say, "Oh, I can. T- I can tell a joke, or I can do stand up, or I can do this." No, and... it's like, like, like just to just like going on that same thing. I remember like early on when we were doing the podcast, like we we thought about like I don't know, bright, like kind of like writing stuff kind of not necessarily jokes but fuck no i just hit a wall i'm like nah i'm not good at this shit like <laughs> i just ad lib and you know whatever comes my way right but it's a fuck it's a fucking talent what i'm trying to get at it's uh it's uh no this is como no, no cualquier cabrón hace eso, you know so it's very no you guys you are know, able to dope. put That's... comedy on paper and in a book like that yeah it's it's tough man i mean did you guys just kind of take to it easily or did it i mean what kind of conflict did you guys have getting it done and you guys struggle with it at all well the um, well like that that one video that you saw that was pretty that's that was pretty much our first like mash one and grifty anything um <clears throat> that one we we actually came up with on the fly um i don't remember if we wrote any of it down or if we just like said we what did we were uh, say and then we did we did uh, bu- bullet points is bullet points there you go yeah, so we kind of did it the, the night that we recorded the audio so so that seemed kind of you know relatively easy uh, once we saw the finished product, and it was like, cool, like maybe we got some something here. Um, we also had another uh, comic book series that we were going to start at about the same time that was also a comedy. Um, but we um, we kind of were going here and there, you know, with the project. Um, as far as writing comedy, I mean, that it, it well, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, it did come easy to us because we're huge fans of comedy. Uh, it came easy to us in that way. Like, we kind of we are we knew what we wanted to accomplish um, comedically. Um, but as far as actually like getting the timing and everything down, that you know we gotta we had to kind of massage it, um, especially like when it comes to me because uh, we did a comic strip for about a year or two uh, that we put on Instagram and on um, I forget what the uh, was it Tapas right? Tapas, yeah, Oscar? yeah, Tapas. Yeah, it was Tapas. Yeah. Um, Tapas so and Webtoon. So we did a we did a four panel a comic strip for a little bit. And whenever we would go over that, uh, I would send, you know, the script over to Oscar so he could see it. And that's kind of how we write is, you know, write something, just kind of ping-ponging back and forth. So I'd get, I'd get responses back from Oscar, you know, like, I don't get it. You know, like, what does it mean? Like, what's the punchline and stuff? And I was like, well, what don't you get? But I'm over here, like, like connecting the dots in my own head instead of doing it for the reader. 
on the page on the page, you know. So um, so there was a little bit of a learning curve there, um, but that was good. That that, that was good for uh, good practice for us to keep writing like shorter uh, like uh, short jokes and stuff. Um, but there's also um, as far as the writing aspect, I also read like comedy books too. I love comedians. Grew up with comedians. You know, I was talking about my dad earlier. Um, you know, he was all into the the big comedians from back in the day. Um, so again, really familiar with comedy, but then started actually reading about the mechanics of it. So, and it's weird because whenever I started doing that, it's as you read it, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. But then you're like, wait, but the, but this is put very intelligently for me to read. Like I, I know it, it's I know that I know it, but I don't know I don't know how to explain it. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they, it just lined everything out. So, so there was a, a lot of that stuff. Um, so that's kind of what it boiled down to was getting the mechanics down and then kind of uh, just going back and forth and just kind of massaging it to make it funny. Um, since I did a lot of the reading on the writing part, you know, the technical part, I'm good with. But I say that Oscar, like, whenever I send like a script to Oscar uh, or a treatment or something, like, he's the one that like, like, really funnies it up. Like he's more of he's the one that's able to come up with more like the slapstick uh, stuff a little bit better. He has a better mind for that. And then once he starts doing that, then then that's kind of when I get on board. You know, and then we start really <clears throat> going back and forth. We've talked to a lot of creators, right? And the most part, they're solo artists. They're just I do it my way. This is how I do it. I don't you know this is my thing. Working with a partner, I mean, to be upfront with you, I feel like it's it's tougher. Or do you feel that because you guys know each other for so long that it doesn't even feel like that's much of a back and forth? I don't so say it again. Like so, so say it again. Like, Ando, um, you started off, then you pass it on to uh, yeah, Oscar, and then he sends it back to you. It somewhat. Um, that's that's kind of how it's been recently. Um, yeah. Like, we'll like together we'll come up with 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 an idea like for for the um, like in this case for an issue right of Matchpoint uh-huh. and Fifty. Uh, we'll write out a treatment. Then I'll start like on uh, maybe we'll we'll talk about a few lines or something for it. Um, then based off of that, I'll start actually making a whole script. Um, so I try to do an entire script if I can, and then send it to Oscar. And then we'll start going back and forth. Like he'll read okay. it, and then he'll see like I don't get this part. This doesn't make sense. Or what about this? And then we'll just talk about it from there. And then and then I'll just make adjustments as we need to. The only way I can imagine it is like bands, you know, because I've never. You know, really done any of that, but it's like you hear you 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 hear like a VH1 behind the behind the story, you know, stuff like that, and they, they yeah they they go back and forth about how somebody writes, and there's like bands that collaborate, and then there's bands that just one person does everything and everybody just shows up and plays the instruments, right? So it's like like Stanley was saying, it's kind of weird that you guys are well, I don't know from from my perspective that you guys are able to kind of go back and forth and. You know, play ping pong essentially, yeah, right? There's well, well, that's the thing, man. Is that there's there's no ego, you know? Or yeah, like that's good. because of the fact I think it's and I don't I don't think we've ever actually had a serious conversation about th- about this part, but mm-hmm. I think it's because like we've known each other for so long, um, because our goal has been like make people laugh. Like we used to do like stupid shit to make people laugh. We had like theater <laughs> class and we just stand around doing like a two-person bit. Nobody's standing around just to see how long it takes for someone to stand there, listen to us, and then realize we're just being idiots, you know? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so we just always wanted to make people laugh, so that's kind of the end goal. Um, with the book, you know, like Oscar was saying earlier about the wrestling thing, um, you know, our, you know, it'd be great to, you know, to, you know, to blow up the, the comic. That's the goal, right? But right now for me, like, I'm, I'm living the dream, man. Like, we, we got our own series going. It's, it's well-reviewed and everything. Um, you know, what we're doing is is good so like I said for me there's um, there's no ego for Oscar the same thing it's, it's it's just about making like the funniest possible story that we can that's you know that speaks to us to you know to mm-hmm. our humor to who we are and stuff so that's great, um, but I think that that's that's what makes it a little easier for for us to to do it that way there are some concessions every now and again um, you know, some things uh, I, I can tell sometimes, you know, when Oscar's, like, not completely convinced on something, but he he uh, but he trusts me enough. You know, if I'm, like, pushing, he trusts me enough to be like, okay, cool, you know? And, yeah, and, same, and same way the other way, too. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it, like, <clears throat> the, the no ego thing where I really care about these characters and I want the best for them, and I know that Rolando feels the same way, so, like, if I'm really fighting or pushing hard for something, he'll usually let it slide, and vice versa. If he really feels strongly about something, 
I'm not going to put up a fight about it because, like, the end product is the is the goal, you know? Having a, having a product, you know? Like, if if the next issue of Mash Bone and Gripty takes us six years, um, that's bad news bears, you know? Uh, it shouldn't take that long. And if it takes that long, it's because we're fighting over it. Over no, it sounds like a, sounds like a tool album. Um, <laughs> every decade, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once every day, it's good yeah, though. So maybe <laughs> so like so the 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 main thing is like let's just get it out, you know, to where mm-hmm. um, even like like uh, art quality, you know, like issue one is the best thing I've ever drawn, like ever. Ish, issue one of Masterpiece Grifty, in my opinion, is my like masterpiece. Issue two and three, uh, I wanted them, I wanted to get them out the door. You know, they still they still look good. I think they could look better. I'm gonna touch. I'm gonna give them like tiny bit of polish for the Kickstarter yeah. because they're good enough. Part part one, putting it in color, uh, which is making it look really even better than I thought it could be. Oh yeah. Uh, so like there is some concessions on like being on time is better than being perfect, you know. Well, I write, right? So I'm like in Rolando's camp. I write, I write tons, I write tons, I write tons of stuff. But whenever I can to collaborate with somebody, I end up sitting there going like, like Rolando said, maybe fuck you don't you get it. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe you don't not fuck you, but it's like maybe you don't fuck get you, it. You know, like or I'll go. They'll get it. The audience uh-huh. will get it. Yeah. You know, and I'll go over the guy's head, and maybe, like you said, maybe it is maybe my ego, or maybe it is that I don't work well with a partner, that I just want to tell my story in my way, and I I think I need to open up myself it, a little more to to kind of get there. I mean, what kind of advice can you give someone like me that's like well, has something? To I think tell, it also. But... I think it also. I think it also has to do with like knowing your audience, like. I don't know if we totally know our audience yet. I don't think we have a big enough online mm-hmm. presence, okay. or we don't get enough feedback to know who, in fact, is enjoying the book. Uh, but I can speak, for example, of um, wrestling, okay. where um, my my character he uh, they the character that I play, his name is Bugnet. He's a little puppet, like in the ring. The puppet's the guy wrestling, and the old man that I act that my, my, my body is playing is the puppeteer. But uh, over the over the the lifetime of the character, the fans did not want to see him as a puppet. They wanted to see him as a real person, hmm. and that makes it even funnier. So he, he ended. I ended up doing that. Like he's an actual person. The announcers would announce him as a real boy, <laughs> <laughs> and like. And you're the valet. So that we had we did this there. thing where when when the when the match happens, I'm not there. Ah, okay. Gotcha. I'm just not there. Okay. And they'll they'll sometimes they'll say that I'm ringside. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. So, and, and the fans accept it. They like it. And there was one time where uh, the old man was gonna, was gonna get kidnapped. And so they punt the they're gonna punch the puppet. The puppet's gonna fall out of my hand. They're gonna kidnap the old man and they're gonna say you want to see your uncle again, you're going to have to throw the fight later. So they they uh, took me backstage. And, and the, the promoter was like, well, what are we going to do with the puppet? He's just laying lifeless on the ground. And I said, oh, well, after they take me back there, I'll immediately run back in and put the puppet on. Yeah. And they'll say, no, that's, that's not going to work because that's, well, that's fucking stupid. Like, are you, how are you going to run back? You're kidnapped. I'm like no, but I'm but I'm not there. You see, uh, yeah. it's not really me. They'll get it. Like, They'll no, get it's, it. It's just it's just not gonna work. <laughs> and, and but yeah, because but by then I knew the audience. I knew what they want. I knew what they'll accept. Imagination. Yeah, <laughs> accepting the rest. It's like that the sponge, it's like the SpongeBob meme. It's like imagination. <laughs> like yeah, like once you can, once the fans can accept the puppet wrestling, there's really no limit. So like. And, yeah. and he said, well, how will they know that that's not really you in the ring that you're still kidnapped? Well, this is how. So what? So at, at, during the, at, when it happened in the show, they kidnapped me. I immediately ran in the ring, put the puppet on, and I got the mic, and I said, 
Oh no! Uncle Juan is kidnapped! There, problem solved. <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> and it went over. Yeah, they told the audience. Like, I went to I went to go see you guys twice. Um, mm-hmm. for, for at the four 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 taps right. Four um, taps here in North Metric. Yep, uh, up north in Austin. Um, and, and I went out there and I was showing people where I was going, or or people later commented what I posted. And people love that whole puppet and you not be. It's like uh-huh. fucking. And like, there's videos of of uh, Oscar just kind of like throwing the puppet, like yeah, backflips. It's the funniest thing, man, when he's getting uh, yeah. like fucking heads getting beat up in the corner, and like <laughs> yeah. Oscar's like next to it. Like I, I, I even get lost in it, you know. Like I'm just looking at the puppet, but then I look over at Oscar for a, for a split second, but he's also acting like he's getting his ass kicked. So so it's like so it's like even though you see him, it's like all right, that pain in Oscar's face, that's that's the puppet's pain, you know. It's really weird. It's it's a really weird dynamic. Yeah, there's an extra layer on it because I am actually like not in the best shape and it, that doing that stuff <laughs> yeah, in pain. Because <laughs> I am actually in pain. <laughs> well, I was just talking specifically about the quarter. My question. So like when you guys are creating the book and you're you're going through it and you say, Okay, there there's you know, you guys give and take, there's give and take, right, to make this work. And the friendship obviously helps in that. But as a creator, you know, like you said yourself, you may have a, a certain idea that you want to stay. Like, hey, I want this in the fucking book. Like, I want it. You may not get it, but I want it. I mean, does someone like me that wants to really... I do want to collaborate with somebody else, right? But I don't know. What would be stopping something? Have you guys... I mean, you guys have worked together, but I'm sure you've worked on your own stuff. I mean, what's kind of led you to allow yourself to work with somebody else besides the friendship, putting that aside, what do you think can be something we can use and you can give some advice on? I think it's healthy to um, be in a uh, collaborative, you know, environment and, and working with people. I think it helps with ego as well a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's so, like, mi- mixed that it's hard to say, like, this is all my shit, or this is all Rolando's shit. Like even the drawings and the layouts, uh, I'm always sending Rolando thumbnails and and sketches and uh, color schemes, and be like, "What do you think about this?" And he'll send it back and say, "Hey, what do you think about this, this, and this?" And instead of saying yes or no, I'll try it. Mm, okay. That's the only way to see does Rolando's uh, art critiques work. The way I know the the real answer is I do it. If it doesn't work, I'm like, yeah, it didn't work, you know. Yeah, I'll have his ass doing like five versions of a thing sometimes. God. Well, try it this way. Well, what if we did this? What if we did a combination? Of this? And sometimes like it's and this is the thing. This is one of the one of the things for uh, for you is uh, you know on that question about writing. Uh, one thing is like confidence. Um, you know, like, or, or whenever you collaborate with someone. So in that case, you know, I think to myself, like, man, like maybe this is pushing it. You know, telling him to like redo this thing again, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, no. Like, we want we want for this thing to look cool. Um, so I go ahead and send it. So be confident in who you're uh, collaborating with. Uh, of course, trust. But if you're yeah. first collaborating with somebody, that's going to be really hard to do. Um, but I think probably the best piece of advice that I could give is something that I that I learned in uh, in in um, um, researching comedy, and that was one of the golden rules: is uh, always be prepared to throw out your best joke. So even if you think, and that, that speaks to what we're talking about right now, about knowing your audience and, you know, trusting people and, you know, you think it's, your stuff's the shit, but maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, that's, that's basically what it boils down to. Have that mentality. Uh, be willing to throw out your best thing, whether it's comedy, it's a joke, or drama, your best scene that makes people cry or you think it's going to make someone cry. Always be prepared to do away with that. Um, because I've had to do that several times. Like, I was talking about that uh, comic strip earlier. Yeah. Um, that was that was the thing is that I thought my punchline was cool because I know the joke, but nobody else is gonna get it. So I was <clears> I had to throw out my best line. Uh, same thing with the script. You know, there can be whole chunks of like uh, of of a comic, um, and you know, it, by the time we start volleying it back and forth, then it's like, man, like this thing isn't gonna fit. Now it's getting to the point to where maybe Oscar didn't say anything about it, but now I'm like shoehorning this one piece that I think is super cool, but because of the one adjustment we made. Like now it's gonna kind of throw it yeah. off. So then, yeah. yeah. So 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 again, you know, even though it's gonna take more work, 
even though it's going to take more work, like still, like what's going to be the best thing in the end, and what's going to be the um, what's going to be the best end product. I like so, that. so again, from from me, that's that's the best thing. Always be prepared to, to throw out your best stuff. I think that's yeah. sound advice, man. It helps me, helps anybody else out there that's just kind of struggling with, you know, everybody knows the guy that has a notebook full of drawings doesn't show anybody, or the notebook, or I have a couple yeah. of screenplays yeah. I never show anybody. You know what I mean? And it's always like, well, shit, read it. Or, you know, what are you worried about? You know, like, just put it out there. You know, like, I always hear everybody tell me the exact same thing. Like you said, Oscar, earlier, get it out there. It can't be, it doesn't have to be perfect. Let's just get it done, right? Let's put it out there to see what happens, right? So right. I want to touch on your Kickstarter. You had a Kickstarter earlier this year. You know, you're, you touched on it a little bit here. Can you guys share a little bit about your Kickstarter and what November is, what November, the, the, the November date means? Yeah, um, <clears throat> November is, uh, well, you know, a long, long time ago. The uh, <laughs> guys, their names were Pilgrims. Okay, they <laughs> showed up and they just, they coughed on all the beautiful brown people and yeah. got them sick. And they Wear your died. damn mask. <laughs> Wear your mask. <laughs> Wear your mask. It's so relevant. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, November is the projected uh, <clears throat> deadline for our comic where our uh, graphic novel, Matchbone of Guilty Volume 1, Open for Biz, will be sent to the backers. Um, and yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Well, I've been working on it every day since the Kickstarter ended. Um, I was pretty nervous because about a week and a half into the Kickstarter is when the whole pandemic happened. Oh, yep. And I was fully prepared to just, you know, let the Kickstarter die. You know, like, nobody's going to... Nobody should give money to this thing because, like, <laughs> shit, has hit, shit has hit the fan, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, go buy groceries. Yeah, um, buy I, mean, I mean, gas right. was cheap, so. <laughs> you know what? People, people pulled through. It was really nice. Um, uh, I was very happy to see it. And we, we got um, one, maybe two stretch goals, I think. I nice. think we got two. Yeah. yeah, we got two stretch goals, which is uh, extra stickers. And uh, we're going to send out the black and white comics. Uh, single comics with the graphic oh, novel, so people great. can see the difference and maybe you know give those to some friends and stuff. So and then hopefully we'll be able to uh, cut a deal where we can have some extra graphic novels available to sell to people who did not partake uh, partake in the Kickstarter, and that'll also be in November. Awesome. So you know, stocking stuffers, people. Definitely, man. I'm a fan. Like I like your stuff. I really enjoy it. And I think that you guys need to check out their work. You really need to check out their books. Uh, no, don't wait till November. Go spend some money now, man. Go support them. It's a couple bucks. It's like the cup of coffee. You know, it's that cheeseburger you're not supposed to eat. It's it's yeah. That, you, you, you can, can get buy them on Comixology too. Yeah. There you go. Comixology as well. You ain't gotta travel. Anymore. Amazon as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. Look for Matchbone and Grifty there. But I want to pitch something to you guys before I know we're getting close and long here in time. But check this out. We need to get some money together. Maybe it's a Kickstarter thing. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? You know, maybe a, an original thing we can get our hands on. It can't be that expensive to buy the rights for Brave Star. So, <laughs> if you don't know what Brave Star is, okay, I'm bringing this up because, and I, I'm, I'm bringing it up as relevant in a way. We talked about Tex Avery cartoons here and there. Uh-huh. Masters of the Universe is coming back to Nef- on Netflix. Kevin Smith is a showrunner for it. They're making a, a very big Walter. It's, it's He-Man, okay, if you don't know Masters of the Universe. Okay. So, Brave Star. Native oh, American. crap. I remember Brave Star. Yes, you fucking remember Brave Star. 30-30? 30-30, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my dad would always, uh, I would be watching it. My dad, 30-30. 30-30. We watched yeah. this in El Salvador. Yeah, well, and, he's, and he's brown like me. I, 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 I really hate to burst your bubble. I really hate to. Don't do it. But, uh. In 2012, DreamWorks mm. paid 155. The world was supposed to end as well, it so ended. to acquire <laughs> classic media, which one of those franchises includes Brave Star. Damn it! All right, Damn so but, wait, but that means that DreamWorks bought all of those. It includes Brave Star, so we may right. still be able to buy it. Ooh, that's true. Uh, no, Brave Star. If you don't uh, know, you know, that... I think I think I think Dream, I think DreamWorks pulled a, a, a WWE. And they bought this shit just that so only. other people can't use it. So Dude, because it's yeah. a fucking sure. great story. If you don't know what it is, it is a Native I American. It. It was, I, loved it. Look yeah. it up, Brave Star. 
Native American sheriff in New Texas. All right, New Texas. Dave. And he has powers. He has the ears of a wolf, the hearing of a wolf, the strength of a bear. A bear. The of speed, a bear. The speed of a, of a puma, right? And he has a shield, like a, a badge, and like a sheriff's badge, and it becomes a shield that protects him from lasers. And he rides a horse named 3030. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, it has inclusion. What was it? Judge. I forget her name. She's a judge. And she's a judge. And she has a, a, a giant, like, electric gavel that she hits people with. Like, it's all the combinations. If He-Man can come back. Judge Judy or what? Like... No, it's Judge something. I'm just going off memory at this point, right? It's forever ago. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is Brave Star needs to be a good fucking memory, man. Well, cartoons, man. We grew up with cartoons. Yeah. That's all we had. The Noid. I remember the Noid. That never going to come back. <laughs> point, is, point is, Brave Star. Why I say it's because He-Man's coming back. Brave Star can come back. I'm ready for something like this. Uh, what's it called? The she, she, she. What's it called? The, the Netflix also has a the she the, the female version of She-Ra. Yeah. yeah, it's like uh it's like updated and much more you know progressive and all. Yeah, that I stuff. heard that show's yeah, good. You're, you're completely it's on right. my list. Yeah, it look, um, yeah. I, I watched uh, like three episodes of it. It looks pretty cool. I like I like the yeah. design and everything. But why can't we have yeah, Brave Star guys? Is it just because it just nobody knows it? It's perfect for a no. Yeah, I'm sure it's on the way. I'm sure it's on the way. If Can we do like a play, heist to like right? steal it from DreamWorks? Is there a way to, to just like heist it? I mean, everybody's at home. So how about we do? How about we do Star Brave and we flip the names? You know, Trenta Trenta will be the same though. But Trenta Trenta will be the same. You know, it's called Trenta There you go, Trenta Tres. Trenta Tres. Trenta Tres. We call him Star Brave. Give him more, you know, instead of being a sheriff. Oh, Siete Machos. El Siete Machos. Remember Cantinflas, El Siete Machos, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, damn, that's freaking dope. Yeah, it's cool. But Just change sucks. it enough to where you won't get sued. That's what we got to do, yeah. man. That's what we got to do. But besides, right now your main project is, is Smash 1 and Grifty. We have the book coming out in November, the full volume one. And like you said, yeah, you guys have a lot of stuff going on. There's probably a bunch of shit you guys are working on that hasn't even seen the light of day yet so the good thing is there's always yep. something coming down the line for you guys you know we have a lot coming oh, yeah. from five absolutely. Years. absolutely like yep. you know we want to support you guys we want to make sure that you're we're telling everybody to go visit you know at five meets all their social media look them up like you said comicsology you can look at their current book and of course look out for november just follow them give them some feedback if you bought their books you hear them tell you right now you love them but let them know let them know you love the books let them know what we can do better next time you know all that like you said that feedback is necessary you know, always talk about letting everybody know that you're supporting them that's something we can do online instead of always complaining and bitching plus we can always yell at dreamworks to let brave star go and let the five meets have a go at it you know <laughs> well, we'll, have to sign yeah. the, we'll have to create and get the petition signed there you go yeah, exactly guys well i mean we reached the end of the show guys i know i've kept you longer than than i promised but i thank you guys for just coming on i hope it's not the last time we get to chat i'm pretty sure it's not uh, oh, and no. uh, we'll just kind of uh, do do the best we can with what we've got. You know, wear your mask, everybody. Stay safe, stay at home. But we want to give you guys, you know, the last word. You know, if you want to just go, I'll go with Oscar here first and just kind of say your goodbyes. You can just uh, <coughs> tell everybody kind of, uh, you know, one one just good piece of advice for anybody out there just trying to, to create something. <clears throat> well, if you want to create something, I would really uh, suggest to give yourself a little bit of good karma and go out and support other people who are doing the same. And mm -hmm. right now, I mean, you know, everybody wants to support, you know, uh, support our own people, but for God's sakes, guys, Black, uh, Black Lives Matter, yes, there's sir. a ton of amazing yeah. comic books out yeah. there on Kickstarter by a lot of really high quality, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. Just find something, uh, you know, black owned, black written, uh, give them some cash, and if it if it succeeds, that's a win. Uh, everybody needs to step out of their little bubbles, and because that's yeah. the only way we're all going to get through this. Awesome. And to piggyback off of that, uh, there's actually one creator in particular I want to shout out. Uh, Ola, his name's uh, Scarrets. He goes by Scarrets on Twitter. Uh, he has a book called Scorpio out. I believe it's, he has two issues out, so that's a good title to pick up. It's uh, pretty interesting stuff. Um, 
but yeah, basically what, what Oscar's saying, I mean, just kind of, just be mindful of each other, you know. Um, in general, you know, people just kind of be mindful of, of how you treat others. Um, uh, the things that you say to people, just remember that words are hurtful. You know, they say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's bullshit. Um, words can, can go a long way to damage people. Yeah. So, um, so absolutely, um, be mindful of, of the way you treat others. Um, and creatively, uh, for anybody that, that just wants to put their work out there, you have a lot of avenues. Um, you have a lot of avenues in social media. Um, if you want to show how much of a smartass you are, go on Twitter. You know, put your little quips and quotes out there. <laughs> you're a photographer. You're an artist. Or some, you know, you, you draw um, that kind of thing. There's Instagram. Um, you know, if you just want to put like short stories or something, you know, go to a place like Tumblr, or even like even maybe even Facebook. Um, you know, something like that. But but we, there's a lot of avenues right now to put your work out there. Uh, luckily for me, you know, while social media is on the rise and stuff, you know, I collaborate with Oscar, so that's how I put my stuff out there. Um, but even then, you know, if you're a writer, you know, blog it. You know, if you're an artist, there's Instagram, mm -hmm. you know. But, uh, but yeah, there, there's no reason for you not to put your work out there. Just be confident. Um, you know, everybody starts somewhere. You know, everybody started with stick yeah. figures or whatever. And, you know, I started with putting together a bunch of jokes that didn't make any sense to my best friend. So, you know, you got to start somewhere. Don't, don't be afraid to put yourself out there because that, that's what art is. Whenever you, you do any kind of art, you're putting yourself out there. So that's what it's going to take. Awesome. Well, thank well you guys. I'd, I'd like to say thank you, like, uh, kind of to bring it all together. I'd like to say thank you because it kind of like, um, and I'm looking at Stanley here, you know, my cousin, my primo. Um, it kind of, because I know how, how, how he appreciates this type of knowledge and everybody, anybody out there listening to, you know, kind of give a, a background about how the writing process works and, and you know, just to put your, your, your stuff out there. And, and to a certain extent, you're, you have to kind of be vulnerable, right, And when you put your stuff out there because yeah. you don't know how people are going to react. Um, and even uh, just today, I got a, 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 you know, a friend of mine said that her husband is trying to start a podcast and ask for some advice. And he's an anthropologist, and he's trying to – he's a DJ. His name is DJ, okay. so he's a DJ he's DJ. An, he's an anthropologist. <laughs> he's an anthropologist DJ. DJ. And, DJ and he's trying to start his own podcast. He, she was kind of like, you know, any advice? And I'm like, stay consistent, blah blah blah. And I was like, which is good. I kind of appreciate that you guys are kind of putting yourself out there and came here to kind of give kind of how you know shit gets created and and all that. Which kind of you know whoever's listening out there, just do it. You know, like even um, our previous guests have said, just you know, hit the ground and do it and, and just get it done. But um, but just you know, to end it as well, just wanted to say, you know, I'm sick of my own breath. Wear your fucking mask. Purell taste, Purell taste like a like a condiment by now. It's like everything I eat has a Purell aftertaste. You know, just a dab. Um, uh, yeah, just a dab, just a dab. And just want to say thank you to uh, Reyes Coffee for sending me coffee and my parents. I just checked on them; they loved it. So that's pretty cool. And uh, like you, like you said, Black Lives Matter, and you know we're all Native Americans here. Don't let them tell you otherwise, man. So keep it up, people. Right on. Good night, guys. Buenas noches. Take care of each other. Thanks. Adios. Time to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the game. And now you play it all about control And if you can take it all about your death And if you can pay it It's all about pain And who's gonna make it? I am the game, you don't wanna play me